Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppard. Hello, glad you could join us again today. We're continuing our discussion of biblical economics as a part of the Ecclesia Principles. If we're going to start applying biblical principles to government, this is an area that we absolutely have to understand. We cannot have a, what I would call a simplistic view. We have to have a, a, a solid understanding of biblical economics. The system closest to what's in the Bible is capitalism or the free enterprise system to where the economy or the means of production is controlled by the individual. And the individual contribution into the economy is the primary source of how the economy is driven. If you would, uh, part of what we call it is supply and demand. What individuals supply, what individuals demand. And that drives the price structure. It, it, it actually drives so much of the economic system. And when we've looked at this, uh, we've made the statement that obviously, and we see it in the Word of God, because humanity has a sin nature, there has to be some boundaries on this. God put some boundaries on it in the Old Testament. One of the things he did was he told them they had to leave the edges of the fields unharvested so that basically the poor can come get them. Now let's apply that to if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. God didn't tell them, you know, reap the harvest from the whole field, take this many rows, cook it, can it, and take it to them. No, he didn't do it. He said, they come and get it. If you remember uh, the story of Ruth and Boaz, that she went to Boaz's field and she gleaned from the harvest. And, and at that point, she was taking that because her and Naomi, her, her mother-in-law, they were in poor economic situation at the time. So she was gleaning. And so uh, Boaz ended up telling his workers, he said, you know, leave, leave some extra there for her. And so she actually took extra back. That was a system. But see, Naomi couldn't go get it, but Ruth was a relative. She was responsible for getting it. God still had that system where the individual or the family had to participate in the process. It wasn't just hand it to them. For lack of a better phrase, it wasn't that they were just given a check. <laughs> uh, that's not a biblical system. It is biblical to take care of the poor. It is biblical to help the poor, but it is also biblical for the individual or the family to participate in the system on some level. Obviously, Ruth gleaning the fields, she didn't plant it. <laughs> you know, uh, she didn't till it. She didn't do all of those things. She gleaned it. But at that point, she didn't get as much from it as Boaz did. And, and we know the rest of the story. But today, what I'm really wanting to focus on is in Matthew chapter 25. 
Because again, talking about biblical economics, there are things that a lot of times people say, well, what would Jesus do? Well, you don't know what he would do if you don't know what he did and said. Uh, You're not really qualified to think about what would Jesus do if you don't know what he did and if you don't know what he said. And there's a lot of things that people, they'll say, well, Jesus wouldn't have done that. And I'm thinking, well, did you read the Gospels? Because in the Gospels, that's what he did. That is what he did. So, you know, understand this. Um, But let's start at Matthew 25, verse 26. And in this, we're really just going to look at the, it's the parable of the talents. We're just going to look at the guy that was given one talent. And he was the one that was considered wicked and lazy. So in verse 26, it says, But his Lord answered him. This is after this servant said, You know, I know that you're a hard guy, and man, I didn't want to make you mad, so I I wanted to make sure to give you back what you gave me, and that you didn't lose nothing. You didn't lose anything. Uh, Verse 26, But his Lord answered and said, to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. In other words, he, he, he's telling him, uh, you've said that you know that I won't increase, <laughs> that I reap where I didn't sow and that I gather where I haven't scattered seed that I'm after increase. If you would, God wants to increase things. God is a God of increase. You know, a lot of people love to quote that verse in Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, the thoughts I have for you and the plans and so forth, you know, plans to give you a future and a hope. Well, up above that, he tells them, here's what you do so that you will increase and not diminish. (laughs) See, a a lot of people just have this idea of God that he doesn't care about some of these things, that he doesn't care about increasing. He, he, He just doesn't care about that. No, the parable of the talents, he's telling this dude that buried his one talent, you know that I'm into increasing things. I reap where I haven't sown. I gather where I haven't scattered seed. In other words, I'm into increase. And again, told the Israelites in Babylon, I want you to increase and not diminish. I mean, look at this world that God created. One, one apple seed planet can produce a tree that will produce thousands of apples, each with a seed in it. How in the world can we look at this world that God has created with its capacity for increase and think that God doesn't care about increase? How can we do that? It it, it boggles my mind. Look at everything God created, whose seed is in itself, he said. It will produce after its kind. And and he, he created it not, not where it would just produce one more seed or maybe a second one. No, it's, I mean, look at a kernel of corn, plant it, 
and it produces a stalk. And that stalk, all things being equal, has several ears on it. And each ear has hundreds of other kernels that could be planted, either eaten or planted. And, and you see, with this, part of this whole thing, God, you know, with that apple seed, when you plant that apple seed, that, that apple tree grows and produces fruit. You see, every, every last apple has two abilities. And I'm just using this as an analogy for basically all fruits and vegetables and so forth. Is It has two capacities. One, it has the capacity to sustain you beyond its initial capacity. The ability to sustain you is multiplied. It actually can not only sustain you, but it can produce others that can sustain other people too. The ability to create sustenance is massive in everything that God created. And in everything like that, every apple has multiple seeds in each apple. So not only does it have sustenance, it has the capacity to multiply thousands of times over. But yet, we as humans, we as Christians more, you know, God said that the children of this world are smarter when it comes to economics than his children. They study it. We don't. They understand the economy. We ignore it. And I, I, you know, when I read that Jesus said the children of this world are wiser regarding finances than the children of light, he wasn't saying that as a compliment to us. I think he was going, when are my kids going to get it? <laughs> I just don't understand. When are they going to get it? Oh, but I think that was more the spirit of it. But you see, here in this parable again, he said, verse 27, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. King James says exchangers, bankers slash exchangers, if you would. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. In other words, he's saying, when I came back, I'm not wanting just what I gave you. I'm wanting some extra. I'm wanting you to grow what I've given you. Most Christians are not thinking like God thinks. And Jesus is the one that told this parable. Jesus is the one that told it. And, you know, so verse 28, he actually says, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. The one that has produced the most, go ahead and take this one from this guy and give it to one that's produced the most. Why? Because I want a return. That's what God is saying. I want a return on what I gave you. I want you to increase what I gave you. This is a part of the talents. And again, this isn't just spiritual talents, though it does apply there. Don't misunderstand me. Right now what we're studying is biblical economics. It does apply in these other areas. Two plus two is four. Marbles, cars, apples. But when you put it into the economic system, 
God is saying, and he was actually using the talents, which was a measure of money, if you would, at that time. He's using economics to show how he functions because it was an easy illustration. I want it more at my coming than what I gave you. I want you to produce increase. I'm not wanting you just to have what I gave you. I want you to take what I gave you and make more with it. We as Christians very often, we do not have that understanding. And at this point, he says, you should have at least deposited my money with the bankers. Again, bankers slash exchangers. The, the financial systems of that day were not as elaborate as our, ours are today. But the bottom line is they still had people that handled finances for people. See, the bottom line today, if someone gets a home mortgage from the bank, the bank is allowed based on its deposits, how many deposits it has, it is allowed to loan money at, I forget what the actual term is, it's, it's changed I think a couple times, but either seven or ten times the amount of their deposits. They're able to allow that much more lending based on that. That sets their, their, their um, lending limits, if you would. So at that point, then they get interest off of that lending, then they have to return the money that they borrowed from the, the central bank, if you would. They have to return that, but they make their profits off of what they make from the lending. And then your savings account, they give you, uh, rates are a little bit higher now. You know, a while back they were probably less than 1% or 1% tops. Uh, then they pay that, and then out of that is their profit. Uh, that's a lot of how they work. That system was less developed back then, but they still had it. And Jesus was saying here in this parable, you should have at least put it there. What are we doing with what God has given us? God bless you. See you Monday.